Hey, sports fans. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Hosk, and I might need to go full AB on the Ontario government if they don't get their fucking lockdown figured out. I'm Jones, and boom. I'm Kudo, and Happy New Year. Let's get into sports and stuff. What are we talking about? I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. Or not. Ball into the wild of it is first up for just a bit outside. You're an announcer with a long stick from time to time. Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. It's funny to me, too. Screw up. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. On tonight's episode, we're recapping week 17 of the NFL season. The NFL playoff pitcher is taking shape as we head into week 18. The NHL is keeping COVID alive by canceling a number of Canadian teams' home games due to capacity limits. Haas got stuff to talk about, including Novak news, soccer signings, world junior cancellations, basketball, and a girl hospitalized after farting in jars. And as always, we close the show off with Scrutinizer Jones putting us on the grill. This is Intersports and Stuff. Oh boys, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, guys. It's uh, 2022. Is it really a Happy New Year or just a new year? Well, <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. I think I think we started Fucking off the Ontario. new year on it on a good note, you know. Little group chat there, did a New Year's countdown so we could still pretend like we're at a New Year's party. So so that was good. But other than that, it's been pretty shitty. I forgot we did that. I must have been a little drunker than I thought on New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered. <laughs> uh I had a good laugh, let me tell you that. It was a good countdown. Yeah. Nobody duplicated numbers? No. We did skip a few numbers, but that's just because we were texting. So it was. Uh, well, you had to, you know. Had yeah. to what do we got going on? What do we got going on? We took a week off, collected ourselves through the holidays. Did you guys have a good holiday? Was Santa good to you? Yeah, Santa was Santa was good. You know, had a good holiday. We uh, got to see some people, which was good. You know, kept it right around that ten number. Might have been a little bit over, but. Uh, did he you bring know. you good tidings of Die Hard and Batman Returns? Or I actually did watch both those movies so it was great how about you kudo it was a really good uh christmas break i got to play hockey which was really nice yeah you fucking ruined it for the rest of us no i didn't it was everybody else (laughs) (laughs) oh there you go kudo always it's always somebody else's problem fucking right it is it's not my fucking problem i didn't do it well should we get into some nfl talk here guys feel like we missed a couple weeks um, I'm really actually happy that we took that week off because uh, I was almost ready to take the Cowboys off my fraud list. They were they were going to be moved. They were upgraded to the watch list. I watched them week 16. They fucking ran all over Washington football fakes. And then um, week 17 happened. And it put a big smile on my face as I confidently put them actually i'm gonna keep them on the fraud watch list they fucking won their division they're making the playoff but they fucking suck against good teams they play they play a good end of the third into the fourth quarter to make these games respectable um that's why i can't put them on the full fraud list because you know they squeak out too many of those games but like i don't know that team is just something else like and the and this is coming from a titans fan who's fucking his team where we've gotten a lot better this year, but we were notorious for being a fucking terrible defense getting fucking lit up and having to be a second half team. Like we were fucking frauds. Cowboys are fucking frauds. It w- it's, it's tough to watch sometimes. Like you watch that game against 
Washington. Like, I know it's Washington, but still, they dominated every aspect of that game. And then you come out and you basically lay an egg for like two and a half quarters. And then you decide, oh, I'm going to show up for the third and the fourth. And even in the fourth quarter, like I, Mike McCarthy is obviously the worst coach with managing timeouts. Like, I don't know why. I don't know why he took that timeout with two minutes and 49 seconds left. To me, you kind of save that timeout in case you need it. If you get the ball back or save it for after the two minute warning, because they didn't have a timeout to challenge a fumble on the field, which would have turned the ball over. And I'm not saying they would have won the game with that turnover, but that gives you a chance to win the game. And, you know, it's just, I think it's poor coaching to not be able to save a timeout for that something you need like that. Uh, I, I don't have a problem with that timeout. I think you have to take that timeout because you need that time on the clock if you get the ball back. I don't recall the other. I don't feel like they used three in a row right there. No, um, one was one was called because it was after Arizona scored one of their touchdowns in the third quarter. They ran their kicker on the field, like their field goal kicker, but Kyler Murray stayed on the field and they were the defense was all confused on like are they kicking it? Or are they going for two? Like what's going on here? The ball was spotted to go for two, so I don't know like maybe they didn't have their defense on the field. They had their punt or their field goal blocking defense on the field, I guess. So they had to burn a timeout there. And then he burned another timeout, probably because the defense wasn't set. I don't know what but it was just to me, you got to manage your timeouts and obviously didn't manage them very well. Yeah, and on that same play, Arizona actually should have been called for a delay of game. Correct. I don't know. Which the I, I fucking didn't call either. No, 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 no. You can't. The, the refs call that play the same fucking way every time. They look at the clock. They're watching the play. They look at the clock. They see it hit zero. They look at the quarterback. And if the ball hasn't been snapped yet, they call it. If it's been snapped, then it's then it's good. Nah. That, that's the way that play is called. It was and, delayed unless, game. unless you have unless you have somebody in the stadium that can watch the clock and the play, there, there's no other way to, to do that. I'm pretty sure the problem with them not making that call was a referee got hurt in that game and they were down a referee. So instead of having seven, they had six. And the guy that would be making that call wasn't on the field. Now there you go. So they because they didn't sh- shuffle the referees around properly and they made a comment about it. They were missing. They missed a couple calls and they said it was tough on the referee because he had to do two jobs and that's why they would have missed that call, a call like that. I I don't have a problem with it. That's, that's just part of the game. You know, if it was egregious, like if it was like five, six seconds of zero, then, you know, then, you know, Mike McCarthy should have been running out on the field and fucking knocking over a fucking wide receiver or something to get somebody's attention that the fucking play clock ran out 10 minutes ago. Right. But it was it was bang bang like it was within the uh, I'll call it the spirit of the rule right the the spirit of the the way they call it I don't think it was you know egregious I, I agree the the clock was at zero but I don't think it was you know forever at zero yeah I could say that I'm just saying that there is a chance with having that referee who's supposed to basically be making that call on the field you know what I mean like it's like any sport you put, go to hockey and you play with instead of having your two referee system, they're going to miss calls, right? That's what I'm saying. You have a two referee system, one gets hurt, you're down to one referee now and they're going to make mistakes. And it was a, it was a missed call. It wasn't a, egregious like 
anything, but it could have been a call that was made. Wouldn't have mattered anyways. Dak would have fucking fumbled or thrown an interception as, if, as soon as the Cowboys got the ball back anyways. So. Yeah, probably. Fuck you. So my Titans clinch the AFC South. They are sitting in the number one seed uh, in the AFC. Yeah, uh, what happens when they lose to the Texans this week? <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> Those teams give them trouble. You know it just as well as I do. Well, they've already lost to the Texans once this year, so you know I, I think that I think they'll be able to pull it out this time. Davis Mills is playing instead of uh, instead of Tyrod, so yeah, he's got yeah, he's got more right. touchdowns passes than Trevor Lawrence in the last little while. I, I think we I think we figured it out when we beat the Jags a few weeks ago. We we you know figured out how to beat those uh, the ball oh, okay. players, and, and I think the trick is we now have some guys that are are hungry playing for their lives in the in there. And, oh, okay. Uh, Especially with Derrick Henry coming back next week, you know I think uh, Deontay Foreman's just gonna have another huge game uh, running the ball just because he wants to keep getting some touches when uh, when Henry gets back from the playoffs. Okay, I was just I just wanted to throw that out there. Like you you can't say that you don't know that they've lost to some bad teams this year too. Well, we've lost to some real bad teams. We lost to the Jets. We lost to the Texans. Didn't you lose to the Jags? I don't think we lost to the Jags. I think we beat the Jags both oh, times. We lost okay. to the Cardinals. Uh, we lost to the Patriots. I think that's it. I think those is it four losses they have. Yeah, that would have been four. Okay, I'll give you a little bit of leeway there. It's fine, but I'm just saying, got to show up. You still got to show up. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not saying crown them. I'm just saying that they're sitting in a good spot right now, and with all the injuries they've had this year, uh, a lot of adversity overcome. You know, it'd be a very nice team team achievement if they win the. Uh, the first round by in the uh, in the AFC there is the number one seed. Uh, did you guys watch any of the Bengals Chiefs game? Uh no, I can't say I did. It's a good game, big comeback by the Bengals. They were down a couple couple of touchdowns or a couple scores early. Tie game late. They had the ball at the one with like at like the two minute warning. They could pick up. They maybe it was at the two. They could pick up a they could pick up a first down, but they had it like third and one or fourth and one. So they end up, they picked up this first down. Then they, or they, I'm fucking, I'm blanking a little bit. They got, there was, they ran like fucking 15 plays from the one here in the last like two minutes of this game. Like it was fucking ridiculous. Like so many fucking penalties, so many like missed opportunities. And then they went for it on fourth down, fucking missed penalty, fourth down, missed penalty. Oh my God. First down. Then they, uh, Joe Burrow got hurt on the play. So then they they took a knee, then they then they clocked it with like three seconds left and kicked the game winning field goal. I, I saw like the very end because I all I heard was Tony Romo. I didn't know how when Joe Burrow got hurt, but he's like he said something like this snap. You know, it's it's not an easy snap between a backup quarterback and a center, so you got to watch out. And I was trying to figure out why there was a backup quarterback in there. Yeah, so Burrow got hurt on the last fourth down play. It was with like. It was the second last. They so Burrow came out. They they kneeled it and then they then they clocked it. Oh okay. And then 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 they kicked the field goal. So it was like forty seconds or something like that, maybe forty five seconds that they had uh, they had left on the clock when uh, when he got hurt. And gotcha. I think he's okay. He just went out kind of precautionary, and they didn't necessarily need him at that point. So the backup was capable of um, snapping clocking. Tony Romo had like. He was he was fucking uh, he was all over the call though he was like 
It's like, oh, three, three might be as good as six here or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> He's like talking about, like, talking about, hey, if they can get this one, if they can get the one without scoring here, it might be the best thing for them. And then they got the one without scoring. And then it was crazy. Well, didn't Jamar Chase have like 265 yards receiving or something like that? Yeah. And, and three touchdowns or something like that, I think. Yeah. He had a, he had a fucking game. Yeah. So there was, uh, never mind. I might save that. Never mind. I'm going to save that. You save that? Save that fun fact? Gonna, not a fun fact. I'm going to save that for a grill question. Speaking of huge games, did you, did you hear about that uh, Ohio State bowl game? It's Ohio State and Utah. And um, they have a sophomore receiver. His name's like uh, Smith and Jigba or something like that for Ohio State. And the guy literally had fucking better than video game numbers in this game. <laughs> Let me see if I can fucking pull it up for you. There's like, no way. Like, you can't have like, oh, video game numbers. Did he have like 346 uh, yards receiving yeah. or something crazy? Yeah. Like it, it was the stupidest number I've ever seen. But in, on like uh, a minimal game. amount of catches too, I felt like. Yeah, I'm going to pull it up right here for you. So he was playing on beginner mode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's playing on rookie mode. And this was a good game too. The Ohio State won 48-45. And so I'm just getting the stats here. Fucking spooling because my internet shit. So Smith and Jigwa had 15 receptions, 347 yards, and three touchdowns. <laughs> Holy shit. How many receptions? 15. Wow. CJ Stroud, the, the quarterback for uh, Ohio State, had 37 completions for 573 yards and six <laughs> touchdowns. And then um, Marvin Harrison's son was the other receiver. He had, he had six receptions for 71 yards and three touchdowns. So they had six touchdowns between... Um, Two receivers. Wow. And that was all six touchdowns they scored, as far as I can tell. Very interesting. So anyways, back to the NFL. Uh, playoff playoff pitchers taking shape here. Uh, Bengals clinched the North with that win. KC has clinched the West. They still have a shot at the number one seed, um, along with the Patriots, I think, still have a shot at the number one seed. The Patriots and Bills are tied atop the AFC East. Bills are sitting in the division spot right now, but they have the same record. Uh, so both teams have clinched a playoff spot, but the division's still up for grabs. And I think if the Pats win, the Bills lose, the Titans lose, and the Chiefs lose, and maybe even the Bengals have to lose too. I don't know. But the Patriots could get the number one seed, I think, if if all that happens for them. See if I can find something on that. A lot of teams were eliminated uh, last week. I think we're left with uh, four teams still alive for the final two playoff spots in the AFC. Uh, Colts and Chargers are currently on inside with the Raiders and Steelers still alive. Uh, Steelers need to win and get some help. Um, the Colts need to lose to the Jags. Um, and the Steelers need to win to get in. The Chargers and Raiders play each other. Uh, winner of that game gets in. I don't think – I think the Colts stay in if the Steelers and the Raiders both lose. I don't know what happens if the Colts lose and the Chargers lose and the Steelers lose. I don't know who gets in in that, in that scenario. But the Colts are playing the Jags, so assume they're going to get in, but – uh, the Jags have beat the um, Jags have beat the Colts the last six times they've played in Jacksonville, and this game is in Jacksonville. So we'll see if uh, the ghost of uh, what's his name 
Fuck. Blew it. The old Blake Jackson. Oh, him too. The coach. Oh, uh, shit. What's his name? Urban Meyer. If the yeah. ghost of Urban Meyer can uh, can get the Jags a win on the last day of uh, football season. I think this this game has some implications for the Jags too. I think they're currently sitting in the, the number one draft spot. But I think... I think if they win and the Lions lose, then uh, then the Lions would draft first. Yep. So in the NFC, the 49ers need to beat the Rams and see New Orleans lose to Fel- the Falcons to make the playoffs. Green Bay is the number one seed. Yeah, let's tee that up a little bit before you get into it, Jones. So the Packers, Packers clinched the number one seed in the NFC, so they've got nothing to play for next week. Um, I would expect that um, Aaron Rodgers will not play. He's still got that broken toe, so he's now got he can now have uh, two weeks of rest before the playoff run. So I imagine they're going to take full advantage of that. Imagine they'll probably rest um, Aaron Jones too, who's been injured, uh, Devontae Adams. So you'll probably see skeleton crew for uh, for Green Bay next week. Uh, the Rams and Cards both clinch playoff spots. Um, but the NFC West is still up for grabs. The Rams are sitting at top right now, but um, the Cards can uh, can overtake them with the Rams' loss. Uh, the Cowboys clinched the NFC East, and the Eagles have clinched a wild card spot. Did I miss any division there? The NFC South, Tampa Bay, has clinched, um, and then we still have uh, two teams alive in the NFC for uh, one final playoff spot. The 49ers are currently holding it down with the Saints um, having a chance to get in. All right. You want all this information now? Yeah. Now you can can, uh, break it out for us. Okay. Basically, Tennessee wins. They win first place in the AFC. Kansas City can win first place. They need to beat Denver and hope that the Texans can beat Tennessee. Cincinnati uh, needs losses by KC and Tennessee. And they need to beat the Cleveland Browns to win the or to finish number one. The Bills can secure the AFC East title with a victory, but they can't finish first. Uh, New England needs to beat Miami, and then they need Buffalo, obviously, to lose, and they would win the AFC East. And if they if Buffalo loses, then they need. Cleveland to win, Denver to win, and Houston to win. So they need all the three teams ahead of them to secure first place to lose. Indianapolis needs to beat Jacksonville to lock up one of the two remaining wildcard spots. Uh, the Chargers and Raiders will likely play the final pl- play for the final playoff spot on Sunday. If Indianapolis loses, the Chargers and Raiders would both get in with a tie. So if Indianapolis loses, everyone bet tie on the Chargers-Raiders game. (laughs) (laughs) The Ravens and Steelers are also lying on the Jags to keep their playoffs alive. Pittsburgh needs Indianapolis and one of the AFC West teams to drop Tate losses, and then Pittsburgh would get in. So they need uh, Indy to lose, and they need either the Raiders or Chargers to lose, and Pittsburgh would get in, and they need to beat Baltimore. Baltimore needs to beat Pittsburgh and then hope for losses by Indianapolis, Los Angeles, and Miami to get in. Miami's out, I thought. I don't think they can get in at all. I know, but for some reason, they need Miami to lose. It says it right here. Maybe strength of schedule or something like that. Something crazy like that. NFC, 
the Rams on the NFC bracket. As long as they have to beat the Steel or 49ers, they'd finish first or not first, second. Dallas Cowboys won the East. Likely be the four seed in the NFC bracket. Dallas has head to head losses to Arizona and Tampa Bay. Arizona would leap the Rams in the West if they win and the Rams lose. And I think we figured everything else out here. Kudo, did you get all that? Nope. It's so confusing. <laughs> Just need to know who the Cowboys play so that I can fade them, fade them hard. So basically, if I think if if San Francisco loses to the Rams and New Orleans wins, New Orleans gets in ahead of San Fran, and then that would flip flop the Rams and Philadelphia for this sixth spot or something like that, or no, Philly would finish sixth and New Orleans would finish seventh. That's the only other thing that can happen. Just a lot of shit that can happen. We'll see how it all plays out next week. A couple other storylines that happened this week in the NFL. Uh, one notable one in uh, at the Meadowlands or MetLife Stadium, whatever they call it now. Tony O'Brown likes to go topless. <laughs> decided to uh, shed his, uh, his jersey and his shoulder pads, throw them out at the team bench, start headed towards the tunnel, ripped off his undershirt, threw it into the crowd, threw his uh, receiver gloves into the crowd, walked through the end zone mid-play, Hyped up the crowd, gave the peace sign, and took off. Never to be seen again. <laughs> Jogged off except the, the field. Never the see- next night when he was seen at the, the Brooklyn Nets game. He was seen <laughs> in an Uber. Waiting for an Uber yeah. outside yeah. the arena or the stadium. He barely took, a, took the Uber to the airport, and he, he wasn't going to be able to get on the flight or something. So then he got back in the Uber and said, fuck it, let's go party or something like that. He went and partied with the Uber driver. <laughs> <laughs> And then he was sitting courtside at the Nets game the next night. In a tracksuit and sunglasses. Yeah. Mental illness is is something that's that's fucked up and let's hope he is helped, but that was fucking Yeah, but that's funny not what he's claiming. Exchange. What's he he was saying yeah, he was injured and he wanted he was he injured. Didn't want to go back in the game. And he said, I can't and go then, coach. And then the coach told him, What's fucking wrong with you? And he said, You're fucking done. And then so A B figured I'm cut. I'm getting the fuck out of here then. See you later. Yeah. You see uh, Mike Evans trying to talk him down in the video. And, you know, he's like, Mike Evans is like the the calm guy. And you got that drunk friend that's going off. And he's like, calm him down. <laughs> like, right, just calm down. He's like, keep it on. Keep it. And then he's, and he's like, the guy's like, I'm going to fucking fight this guy, you know. And uh, you're like, calm down. You know, you can, you don't. You don't. And, and then he's like, no, I'm fucking, I'm going to fucking kill this guy. And he starts and he gets it off. And then you see Mike Williams. He's like, well. Go, go do what you want. <laughs> you, you do you. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty, uh, pretty wild scene. But if he was hurt, why is he like jumping up in the air and running off the field? Then, if he's that hurt, he could be on the field if he's not that hurt. Like that's the other part. Now he's saying he was hurt, but yet why are you jumping up in the air and stuff? It was your ankle and running off the field. Yeah, it's like did they they didn't rush him back? I feel like he said he was ready to come back, kind of thing, right? So like. How hurt are you? Like they didn't. And did you see how much money he left on the table? Yeah, like, he was like he was like three receptions, a touchdown, and like thirty yards, yards from or, yeah from a, a million dollar bonus. It was like yeah. three hundred and thirty three thousand uh, hundred thousand for every one of those. Yeah, and he, apparently he fucked a lot of people's uh, fantasies too. <laughs> Their fantasy team. If you had fucking Antonio Brown on your fantasy team, you deserve to get fucking fucked that day. One guy in our in our fantasy pool did, and he was in the final. <laughs> That's 
your own fucking fault. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Now, I also saw an article that uh, was actually in T.O.'s podcast that he thinks he can come and replace Antonio Brown for the Bucks. Yeah, he probably could. He said, he's, always, you know, he's like in shape. He's like, I'm in shape. I'm, I, you need me for third downs and red zone. That's all you need me for. He's like, I could give you three or four games. And so he's petitioning to get himself signed to the Bucks and to come on, to come and replace Antonio Brown. No, the, the guy that needs, the guy that should be petitioning right now is fucking um, Chris Hogan. He should be fucking hanging up that lacrosse stick and come back for a fucking playoff run with Tom again. What about Julian and then he can Edelman? Go back to I was just going to say that. I, think, I, don't, I don't think Edelman can play this year. I think he's... Oh, yeah. I think he retired, um, he retired come- due to injury or something, so he can't play this year. I think if it was next year, he probably could. So he's coming uh, back next I, year to, I think, to Tampa Bay. Yeah, uh, yeah, official. You, you heard it here. Probably not even first because that's been reported by probably everybody at this point. Yeah. Um, but definitely Edelman will be in uh I feel in like we reported that. I think feel like we reported that or reported probably that in like when, May we reported that, I think. Yeah, like, when he retired the first time. Right when he retired. Yeah. But I think he's gotta sit out this whole season because he's on like L T I R type thing. Oh, okay. Um uh but yeah, next season. But Chris Hogan, I think, is playing professional lacrosse. So, you know, he you know, he knows Tom. Yeah. Uh, but apparently they got some young guys. Uh, Gindon, who's our uh, our Bucks expert, he was telling me they got some young guys and like the guy that stepped up and got the game winning touchdown that game. Pretty pretty overshadowed. I, I just want to put I just want to put this out there, guys. The Jets are a legit football team. All right, they beat the Titans. They had the fucking Bucks on their up. If if Antonio Brown circus didn't get them all fucking distracted, they would have fucking stepped on the neck they're of the frauds. Bucks. But you know they're they're a young team. They're not even they're not even the fraud conversation, Kudo. Like you gotta you gotta have a following to be frauds, and uh, they do not have a following. They must have a following. The Jets have a big following. Yeah, they like singing that song. J E T S Jets 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 Jets. Come on, Kevin. The Jets the Jets are bums, just like the reporter in uh, Chicago that Aaron Rodgers <laughs> was, was bum? calling a bum. Uh, so there's some some reporter in Chicago. I don't even know his, the guy's fucking name. It's not even worth knowing his fucking name. It was actually a funny comment. Yeah, he's he stated he's not going to give uh, Aaron Rodgers his MVP vote because he's the biggest jerk in the league and he's not a good teammate and he's not a good. And I think Aaron Rodgers said today he's like, well, this fucking this guy holds a, a grudge. Like before the season, he didn't want. He's you know he doesn't he doesn't know me. I don't know how he can call me a jerk. Like you know you have to have some sort of success and respect to your teammates. So I'm assuming I'm not the worst teammate in the league. And and then he's like, he's like, it's because I'm not vaccinated. If you want to call it the most, if you want to add another V this season and call it the most valuable vaccinated player, um, then sure. But. <laughs> <laughs> it, and I, I heard something too, like on the radio today, they were talking about Aaron Rodgers, and they're like, yeah, of course he would be the MVP, but he would not be the man of the year. Like he would never win the man of the year award. Because oh no. Of, because of his personality. I, I don't think because I don't of, think he's ever claimed to be the man of the year no. caliber or anything I'm, like that either. Right? Like, I'm not saying that he has. I'm just saying like when the reporter said he's a jerk, he basically is not lying that Aaron Rodgers isn't, is, you know, he's a bit of a jerk. Tell us something we don't know, bud. Like um, you're supposed to be a, you're supposed to be a reporter. Like let's, let's break some news here. Let's not just breaking news. Aaron Rodgers is a jerk. Aaron Rodgers doesn't even like his own family. Like, 
Yeah, no Aaron shit. Rodgers' family member says he's a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> That's the quote. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, what else happened? Uh, Big Ben wins his uh, his last, or presumably his last home start at... Um, it was Heinz Field. I don't know what the name of it is now. I think now. it's still Heinz Field. I think it's still Heinz Field. We'll call it Heinz Field. Yeah, so Monday Nighter, Big Ben steps up and just beats the piss out of that dejected Browns team after they were eliminated from the playoffs. They didn't even show up. Nick Chubb was the only one doing anything, and they stopped giving him the ball. But it was so funny watching the fucking – I was watching the Manning cast. Yeah. And uh, Pey- Peyton was fucking livid, like, the whole game. Because they're in, like, the red zone, or they're in the two-minute drill, and Chubb's on the fucking sideline. With his coat he's on. He's like, is he hurt? Like, we didn't get a we, we didn't get an injury update. We need a sideline reporter. <laughs> Eli's like – yeah, we should get Coop to be the sideline reporter. And Peyton's like, no, 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 we don't, no, not Coop. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but he was like, he's like, where the fuck is this? Like, this guy should not come off the field. Like, he should be your three down back. He like, he's he's everything. If if what's his fate? The um, what's our other running back? Um, uh, they got from Kansas City. Hakeem. Is it Hakeem next? No. No. Oh my god, I can see his name because I was gonna bet him and I didn't. He wasn't playing anyways. I know, but fuck. I got to check it now. It's driving me nuts. Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. Yeah, so when if Kareem Hunt's playing, then maybe you can take him out. But if Kareem Hunt's not, Hunt's not playing, there's no reason to take fucking Nick Chubb off the field. You fucked your bet. They fucked your bet by not putting him on in the red zone, not giving him touches when he needed it. They should even- have fucking handed the ball 50 times on that night. Did you even see the one time they were in the red zone? Like, I think it was before they scored their second touchdown. They get down to the red zone, and first down, they don't even give him the ball to attempt to run it into the end zone. They're like, no, we're going to throw three passes. Fuck you, Cleveland. Fuck you. That so play calling is why they're not making the playoffs. Yeah, But did you see Did you see the end of the game, the Pittsburgh game? Yes, but um, what, uh, which well, part I'm just are saying, like, particular? I'm saying, you know, Pittsburgh's got the ball. Uh, I was watching the Manning cast too, and they're like, they can't run out the clock. Like, there's just not enough time. There's too much time, and they have too many timeouts for them to run out the clock. So they like, they have to get a first down, and then they can do a proper send off for Big Ben, right? Like they figured, you know, he they get a first down, he kneels, they call a timeout, they pull him out of the game. Rudolph comes in to take the next snap, whatever, right? Hakeem or Najee Harris. Najee Harris takes the ball, takes it to the house. Scores touchdown. Now they're like, oh well. Now he's not going to get a proper send off. They're like, do you do two? Do you do like go for two and call a timeout and let him walk off that way, or like what do you do? Then the defense comes up huge, makes an interception, gives Big Ben that one last you know play at at Heinz Field. Gets gets to kneel and get the proper like you know kind of celebrate celebratory send off for him. And Peyton Peyton still thought they were going to call the timeout they, and get him to walk off. Were they, if, were they trying to call time? If out? you listen to, if you, I listened to it. Um, I watched the like the last play again on Instagram. I saw a picture or not a picture, a post about it. And after he kneeled, there was a you could hear on, from the sideline. You could hear the ref blow on the whistle like five or six times to like get them to to uh, call a timeout. But all the reporters just rushed the field. So all the cameramen, the reporters, everyone was rushing the field. And they're like, okay, well, we're not giving you the timeout now. We're just calling the game over. Hmm. So it was it was basically the reporter's fault that they could not uh, get that timeout in. 
Fucking reporters. Yeah, Just always got to be the first ones old. there. Nothing but a bunch of bums in that industry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jerks. I guess the biggest news of the week, the football legend, coach, John Madden, passed away, age 85. The man behind the Madden video games, probably the best coaching record of all time, Super Bowl champion. Yeah, he was like 102 and like 30-something. I think it was his yeah. coaching record. Yeah, seventy. It was a seventy-something percent winning percentage. I yeah, think. yeah, pretty, what? pretty, pretty good. We kind of lived in the era of the best of both worlds of John Madden. You know what I mean? Like, I can remember him calling football games. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Always drawing also, on the screen. Yeah, but I can also <laughs> remember like the video games, right? Like, grew up playing Madden football games. So the generation before us got all three they got coaching uh, analysis and vi- video games but i don't know if they were a little too old to play video games you know what i mean you're never too mm-hmm. old to play video games <laughs> and then our, the, our our generation is but like the, the generation before us didn't have video games yeah, exactly up, right? so they, and then like the generation after us they don't know him at, for his play calling really right like no they just the game from the and they I just know he, from the he, games he probably wasn't even the voice in the game when they were playing well, probably not. Like he was the voice when we started. Yeah, yeah. And he'd be doing his X's and O's and stuff in the game too. Yeah. That was the best part. I remember him uh, from Little Giants when he's he's got that cameo and they they roll in in the the bus and uh, Roger Goodell was on the Manning cast and he was talking about the they take those Hall of Fame bus trips or whatever and um, John Madden would just be talking football fucking. They wouldn't stop talking hours football. A day. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I remember that's like my. John first John Madden memory is uh his little giants when he I forgot he was in that movie. Yeah, they they pull in like Lawrence Taylor, I think, and uh It was Emmett Smith, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Emmett Smith was there. Yeah. There's a there's a couple of it was a Hall of Fame bus, I think. Yeah. Hey kid, you got a second? Me and the guys have to get to a banquet in Canton, you know where the Hall of Fame is? And we took a wrong turn somewhere. Look, we started out here on I-70. We're coming across here. We went up 104, and we took the 49er. Then we were going to take a shortcut. So we go 10, 12, 48, huh? And we have to hit Canton. Bam, we have to hit it hard. And I don't know where the heck we are. Yeah. Or when he was on The Simpsons, when they do the Super Bowl uh, episode, but they don't actually go into the game. Yeah. I loved it. Marge and Lisa painting eggs. Did that work for you? Oh, big time. They came off the bench with a huge effort that allowed Homer and Bart to make some significant gains. You know, John Madden was afraid of flying, right? That's why he took that bus everywhere. Yep. Yep. Yeah. What a guy. Also, catch catchphrase of boom. That was a John Madden. Is that what you were doing in the intro? That's what I was doing in the intro. Was did my John, John Madden? Nice. You, you didn't do it justice. I know. I wasn't very good at it. Maybe Kudo can, uh, or our producer there can uh, cut a... Just crop Jones out at the beginning and just insert John Madden. Yeah, insert John Madden for for me. Boom, you hit him. I mean, that's boom. Boom, right to the ground. Some people say, you know, they run in there and they collide or something. I mean, it gets in there, boom. That's what I say. He makes a little basketball twist there and pivot, and boom, the ball's there right again between the eight and the nine. Oh, is he happy? Boom! He hits the hole and boom! <laughs> well, you see, this guy over here, he's going to line up in the... He's going to run the X slant. No. And the quarterback's going to hit him over the middle. 
you didn't see you didn't see my Instagram post that I sent, but it was him talking about two Gatorade containers and how they one week they had two Gatorade containers on the sideline, and then the 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 male Gatorade <laughs> container and the female Gatorade container had a child Gatorade container, and that's how, <laughs> how the third one appeared the next week. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that clip on Twitter, and he was breaking it down, and I was killing myself laughing. There was that one, and they were at a game in an indoor dome, and they had a blimp in there. And he's like, he's drawing all over the screen about like how it's tethered this way, and it's tethered that way, and it's tethered this way. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, he is a beauty. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, rest in peace, John Madden. Let's get into some hockey. So uh, we had a pretty quiet break there. We're getting back on the ice now, which is good. We had the Winter winter Classic last week in uh, Minnesota. Did you guys watch any of the game? Uh, I was flipping back and forth. There was that, and I think the Leafs were on at the same time, weren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. It was the coldest game, uh, coldest NHL game on record. It wasn't that cold. Third oh, coldest yeah. game in professional sports on record, I think. There was two football games colder, but uh, other than that, it was the, th- the third coldest. It was only minus 10. It's not that bad. We played them worse. 10 Fahrenheit. Yeah, it was like minus 30. It was like minus 32 or something like that, Kudo. Yeah, with the wind chill. We've played like that. Come on now. Where? I don't think so. Push Lynch. Yeah, I doubt it. I'm not playing. I'm not playing at minus 30. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way you're out there in minus 30 weather. Oh, yeah. The ice would crack. Done that. Your skates would break. You would break. Probably. <laughs> Did you guys see the St. Louis Blues uh, entrance into that game? Yeah, and beachwear. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's pretty ballsy to do pull that off in that kind of weather. Minus flip 30, flops get off and... the bus in fucking flip-flops and Hawaiian shirts and bathing suits, towels yeah. over the shoulder. Yeah. Apparently, uh, someone said that they bought lumberjack shirts. They were going to wear lumberjack shirts instead. Yeah, Jordan Bennington said they were going to wear. He had he ordered lumberjack shirts for everyone. Yeah, and then they then they decided at the the last minute to do the beachwear or something. So he's like, if you know anyone that needs a lumberjack shirt, size large <laughs> or extra large, can you call? <laughs> I got like twenty of them. Yeah. Uh, what else going on? Uh, so a bunch of a uh, bunch of games were canceled. I think they're starting to just decide they, they can't really push too many more out. Uh, but they were canceling a bunch of uh, Canadian home games because of the provincial restrictions and capacity limits because they're very revenue hungry right now. And they want to have a full crowd in the arena every uh, every game. So definitely understand it. But a little frustrating as a hockey fan when your team doesn't play for two weeks because they're canceling games because... Uh, yeah. Yep, it was weird. Like they let them play against the Senators and they let them play against the Oilers tonight, but yeah. they're canceling the games against American teams at home, but not on the road. They can go on the road. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, like I get it, but I don't get it. You know what I mean? Like, you think if well, I you think, think if they, they want the money, they would have canceled the game against the fucking Oilers, like lease Oilers. Like that's a big ticket draw in Toronto. You know what I mean? They probably they probably realize that they can't cancel every game, so they're they're being strategic with it, and they're saying, "Well, 
we can cancel the American ones later. The Canadian teams have to play. So if, if it's a Canadian on Canadian game, we'll play. They can play with the without the restrictions or with the capacity restrictions. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I like they just canceled Leafs uh, Devils, and you'd think yeah. like if it was me, I'd cancel Leafs Oilers and let Leafs Devils play. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, then McDavid could get in the game because he wasn't there tonight. No. But they might still be um, hesitant about the American teams coming into Canada with the. They might uh, with the quarantine, like if they if they have to quarantine here. But it's the same thing, right? Like Canadian teams going into the states, they can't come back unless they get a private plane or get driven yeah, across the border. I don't think border. it's as hard for them to come back. They have to quarantine when they get back here. I don't think the U.S. has like they're not going into quarantine there, so they can get to a flight, right? Like, it, I think for the most part, it's. It's league leagues that are quarantining and not like states and yeah maybe I don't know either way fucking pissing me off. Um, I I did hear a fun fact though the Montreal Canadiens are on pace for their worst season in franchise history. That is very fun fact. I like that fact. I'm going for the first overall who, pick, Shane Wright. Let's go. Who likes it too? Yeah, I think Shane Wright. Let's go. I think you're going in the wrong year, bud. Shane Just Wright. Saying. Let's go. Shane who? Arizona. Arizona is going to be going after Shane Wright and uh, and Connor Bedard. They're going to be they're going to okay. tank have both those guys and then they're no, they're not allowed. They cheated. What do you mean they cheated? Arizona's they not going to get a lot of first... bad contracts on. They've got guys playing on bad contracts just so they've they got fill Phil their Kessel team. still. The Coyotes are not getting Phil the first Kessel's on pick. fucking fire right now. They're <laughs> they're joking that Phil Phil wants to be traded because he's got the fucking points in sixteen straight games or something like that. Well, Seriously? There's, yeah, there's rumors yeah. that Pittsburgh, I think Boston. There were some other teams that were like that he could be get trained to, that they're wow. interested in him. And you know Arizona will eat the whole fucking. He's he's a free agent after this year. Arizona will eat all the cap space. Well, they're talking. You know, sorry, Arizona's talking about trading Jacob Chikrin. Yep. Yeah. Like guys, he's like got one of the most years uh, old. Yeah, he's he's on a very team friendly deal for like the next three or four years. But they think they can get like a fucking uh, Eichel Hall for him, right? That's they what they're going to do. Yeah, they want an that's, Eichel. That's what they're because he's a he's a four million dollar defense. Like he's probably he plays at at a nine million dollar rate, but he's making four million dollars, right? So he's one of the biggest bargain contracts in the league right now. Yeah, at twenty three years old, he's under contract for I think three or four more seasons. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it there's rumors that they're going to trade him because they're in a full teardown anyways. Um. So you can get assets for him. You know if it. You know, if you can get a package that's similar to to what Eichel got, and they might even want more than Eichel, like it might be like early early phase Eichel asks instead of you know what they kind of settled for. So yeah, um, Kudo, how do you feel about your Habs and uh, the the kind of the few first few names that were released for their uh, their GM search? Well, I was kind of surprised with Alongo uh, being on the list, but I kind of like it. Roberto Luongo, Daniel Briere, and Matthew Darsh were the first three that were named. Well, they're taking Vincent Domfus as the GM. No, they're not. Why not? Because sure. they're not going to take him. Why not? He speaks French. I don't Is see he it happening. In hockey? What? I think they want Is a younger GM. Hockey? They're not taking him, Vincey. It's it's a figurehead position. It's like a learning GM, anyways. I th- I see it more like a a Bobby Webster under Masai Ujiri kind of thing. Because um, Jeff Gordon's the president of hockey. Yeah, office, Gordon so wants to be, mold their he's new He's going to be GM. calling the shots, and the the GM is going to be the one facing the facing the media. Probably a lot like uh, Duba Shanahan type uh, type setup with a young 
the the president could sit in the box and never have to see anybody and uh the gm goes and you know talks to the media and then they they put the plan together right so uh, daniel briere i think is a good candidate he's been an assistant gm in philly for a few years i think uh luongo's in been in hockey ops the last two years with uh florida i think well he's since the, he's retired he was the world juniors or not world juniors uh world championship gm too if you can call it really gm like he didn't really he just says hey you want to come play put the team together i guess but <clears throat> They got um, Sean Burke. I think is is on their coaching staff already. He's he was always kind of thrown around as a, a GM candidate. I don't know if he speaks French though. I don't think he speaks French. And um, God knows you got to fucking speak French. Yeah. yeah. Burke, Burke may he may be a candidate for like the the Canucks or uh, or the uh, the Ducks openings. Those two have uh, started their searches as well. Sounds like a lot of uh, preliminary interviews taking place right now. So. We'll Do you see, think the uh, Canadians ever get rid of that fucking speak French thing, or are they always going to have to make someone speak French? They're probably going to always have that. Yeah. I think it, you know, you, it's just a respect thing, right? Like if half of your fan base only speaks French, you know, like, you know, it's almost disrespectful to have them, you know, listen, like, you know, I wouldn't want the Leafs GM to have to speak through a translator. You know what I mean? Like, they brought in a Spanish speaking general manager or French speaking general manager for the Leafs only speaks French, you know, like it, yeah, as a fan, you'd be like, what the fuck is this? Like, wh- who are you? Like, why are how, you here? Kind of thing. Right? Honestly, how often does a GM get up and talk in front of fucking people? Like trade Quite deadline. Often, I think. Yeah. In the year. Yeah. At least a dozen times a year. Okay. So for a dozen times, it's not really that important i think if you're talking more like head coach then sure i get it but when you're talking about like half a dozen to a dozen times i don't think it's as important as the head coach but the well but when you talk that few times people want to listen too right i guess so, i don't know like to me it doesn't make sense like you look at all like i'm gonna compare yeah, you want, it to you want the best candidate i think I'm, if yeah. they i'm gonna know, comp- if, they're, if they're taking the, a, a shittier a, a, what's the word i'm looking for uh inferior candidate yeah just because he speaks french well you know that's not doing your your organization any favors but if you know if you're able to to find candidates that would be on equal footing as other and you know even the way they've structured it now gorton might have been the the gm he might have been a slash position before now he just wears the president they bring in someone that can that can address the media in french right yeah i just i don't know i'll compare it to like soccer in Europe they don't care like the coach for Tottenham is full-blown Italian he's the manager of their team he speaks a, a lick of English and he's a coach of one of the bigger teams over in Europe because that's who they want they want a guy that can coach the game and can yep win games for them right so like at some point you have to think that it's got to become not as important as it is now to them. Yeah, that's, that's how it should be. I, th- I think it's I think it's just handicapping them a lot because they they only have such a small pool to pick from, and it's it's tough. It, they have a smaller pool to pick from, but they also have prestige uh, that you know people want the job too, right? So I'm sure if they if they went and tried to pry like. Um, 
Patrice Brisebois out of out of Tampa Bay. If Tampa Bay would let them speak to Brisebois, I'm sure is it Patrice Brisebois or Julian? Brisebois? Julian. Yeah, Julian Brisebois wanted to go to um, to Montreal. I'm sure. I'm sure he'd jump at it, right? Like if they were going to pay him the money. Although at the same time, he's got pretty good gig in. in yeah, South like Beach I was gonna say, why would he want to leave Tampa Bay? Like, yeah, like I, doing I pretty think, well there. But it, say he was the GM of the Minnesota Wild. But there's also a good young team. Like, I, I don't take that away. If he would, yeah, I'm maybe thinking, I, was more, I, was thinking, I was thinking more lifestyle than uh, than the team in front of them because he's going to build the team. Maybe he's already. Maybe he wants to build the team instead of, you know, just cashing in all these Stanley Cups. Yeah, but you keep cashing them in, you keep getting paid more, right? No, you go, you go to I a know. team that's I hate to say it, but the well, I don't hate to say it because I hate the fucking Habs. But you go no, to a team like, team like the Habs who are garbage right now. Like you got a lot to turn around, and if you don't turn it around, you might be out of hockey, right? So like it's double edged sword, and I think that really you should be looking for the best available candidate, not looking for someone who speaks French. That's just my opinion. And I think, I think there is more and more Habs fans agreeing on that opinion than there are that think they need to go fully French. Yeah. I've always said that even when it comes to the coach, it shouldn't matter if he speaks French or what or not. As long as he's good at his fucking job, you take the best fucking candidate. You're an English speaking Habs fan. Yeah. So I listen to them speaking French. It doesn't bother me. I just, I'm like, okay, cool. They talked French. It doesn't bother me. I don't get pissed off. That he's I, I not think speaking you, English. I think there's there's I've heard people on the radio like that come on from Montreal TSN radio and they talk about like hosts from that and they sit they talk about the same thing, thinking that you know we need to start looking at the best candidate. And it's not like people from Montreal can't speak English, like or understand English. I'm sure they can understand a bit of English. They're just ignorant assholes and, <laughs> and don't want to. Learn maybe, you're an, maybe you're an in, ignorant asshole if you don't speak French. I can speak French. Bonjour. Comment ça va? Ça va bien. Ça va bien. There you go. <laughs> there you go. We, we had a conversation. Had a conversation. Oh, it's a sentence. So there we go. Je m'appelle Dan. Oh, oui, oui. Trying to. I could sell the bain. Bibliothèque. La bibliothèque. See, not I can speak French. Don't don't give me that bullshit. <laughs> Tabernacle. Me and my family are very honored to be down in the south. Yeah, what are you, Brian Kelly? See, he he adapted. He learned the language when he took that job. Right, it's the same thing. Have you seen that where he's talking to the crowd with the accent, and then he goes onto the broadcast, and they're like kind of call him out for it. No, I haven't seen he's, him. He's from Boston. Though, he's got like, and then yeah. he's trying, and then he said something about Boston. They don't have a heavy accent. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yes, they do. <laughs> the Penguins were purchased. Um, Fenway Group. I'm assuming they own the Red Sox. Manchester United. I want to say they own. Yeah. Um, so they bought the Penguins. I'm assuming they bought full stake, or did they just buy? Majority owner? Or? I think they're majority owners, but I'm not 100% sure. Read an article about how uh, Mario Lemieux turned his uh, a $10 million debt of uh, deferred payment that the team owed him into like 
half a billion dollars or something like that. Half a billion dollars in equity or something. Wow. Good for him. uh, Yeah. Smart business move. Yeah. Yeah. And they take over. Is it next year they take over? Fenway Group? They've probably taken over already whenever they. No, I I thought it was for next year. Usually it's not a, you know, when you sell the the team, it's usually whenever the paper's signed, it's not, uh, it doesn't matter if it's in season or out of season. But yeah, so because the, the team was going bankrupt. He uh, he traded his uh, his deferred payments for uh, equity share and ownership. So I was like, okay, well, I'm basically buying buying ten million dollars, and you don't have to pay me the ten million. It's just going to go back to the team. He got equity for it, and then that equity was worth like half a half a billion dollars or something like that when he sold it. Olympic roster for Canada was leaked a little bit. They said they're going to name the team in a couple of weeks. A um, few names that have uh, surfaced as potential uh, to be on that roster. Uh, Owen Power, number one overall pick. Mason McTavish, who I think went number four, I want to say. It was Devin Dubnik. Yep. Was it Cracknell? What's it? I, I thought I saw Edward Pasquale might be a, the other goalie. Don't know who that is. He uh he played for the the Saginaw Spirit, I want to say in the in the OHL. Hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, Adam Cracknell, that's the guy. I saw today that um, uh, Eric Stahl is uh, expressing interest in going to play. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's free free agent currently. He's got Olympic experience. Yeah, he'd be a good captain for that team as well. I was watching a Champions League hockey game yesterday and they had a couple guys from the two teams out of Sweden that were apparently going to be uh, candidates for the Olympic team as well playing there. They weren't ex-NHLers, but they seemed like they were decent hockey players. So I think that's where they're going to be doing most of their looking for players would probably be like the Swedish Elite League and the the KHL, I would assume. Yeah, those sweet. That, like you know, someone you talked about Cole Perfetti. He, you know, if he's available, I'm sure he'll have a chance. I don't know whether if he's playing in the AHL, I don't know if he has a chance to to go or not. I think he's in the OHL still. You know, he'll probably be in consideration if if Mason McTavish is going to be in consideration. Then I would think that. Uh, well, Perfetti went to the World Championships last year too, so that might. And they give both him... played in the NHL already this year, so I don't think it would hinder them that they're they're on NHL contracts. Yeah. No, they're just, I was just saying something, they're reading something about like how, what does Buffalo feel about like Owen Power? Just like, I'm not going to play in the NHL and you know what? I'm going to go over and play in the Olympics and <laughs> who knows? I could get stuck there for two they months. probably love it to be honest. Yeah. Why? You know, I, I think their goal is going to be that he wins a national championship with Michigan and then he signs, signs plays the last, you know, seven games of the regular season this year. So he doesn't burn in a year of his entry level and then uh, comes back to play with them this year. Like they're, they're a garbage team. You know, they're going to, they're playing positioning for draft assets. So or hear me out. Hear me out. He does not sign with Buffalo plays his full ride at Michigan and then signs with whoever the hell he wants. Ooh. He could do that, but that's a long, ride out that's he's got to put in another three years in in college it's uh, risky two yeah is it three years or yeah i don't know but still he could he could do that could lose a lot of money doing that but it's a uh 
it's risk reward. Yeah. Like he get an education because then I think he he only has to sign like a one year entry level, maybe a two year entry level, but it doesn't have to be the three year. And then he becomes a free agent. He's a free agent. He gets to choose where he goes, and then he can. Yeah, I don't see it happening. I'm just saying it is possible. And knowing you're going to Buffalo, being a, I think being a college collegiate athlete is a little bit different than these guys that are coming out of like the OHL and stuff like that. They don't have, I think the same, especially because they're being paid in the States now, like for being a collegiate athlete, right? True. That's, that's actually a good, good point because he could sign a nil deal with somebody yeah, and he could make a million dollars a year playing college hockey. Yeah. And then, which is what he would make playing on his entry level. And then he could sign with endorsement. So Say like uh, Canadian Tire or someone like that was like, yeah, we'll pay you a million dollars, you know, and it, with the caveat, oh, yeah, you're going to sign with the Leafs when, uh, yeah. when it's all good. Wink, wink, you know, we know where you're going. Scotiabank, wink, wink, we know where you're going at the end of the, uh, oh, you want to be a, a Rogers Bell ambassador? Yeah. Uh, we're we're going to we're gonna each pay you, uh, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to pay you for appearances to, you know, answer the, the Rogers phone and then see where you land in uh, in three years yeah so that's that i think that opens up more things with this kind of stuff right like yeah it's it's unprecedented i would say so this would be kind of the first group that has those options and you know what's the priority do you want to be a professional hockey player or do you want to be or do you want to have your options like right away do you want to like do you want to go and honor your number one draft pick or do you want to be a controversial guy and uh and see where it takes you. And this this could be a, a thing that changes the draft forever, where college college committed players maybe they don't go as high because they're going to want you know junior or European committed players. It's like when you know when they never knew about getting Europe European players, they wouldn't go as high because there was question marks about them, right? So you know if there's going to be question marks about college players, maybe they drop to the bottom of the first round, and you can get. So it comes like the the London Knight effect, where they just all of a sudden they get the best players every year for whatever reason, for yeah. whatever reason, you know, like yeah, they like trade for these players that aren't going to commit to anywhere else, but all of a sudden they're coming to London, right? Like yeah, yeah, and then Buffalo's going to be left holding their dick, and they'll have to trade them, trade them to the London Knights, or trade you know trade them to you know the Maple Leafs because he's going to sign there anyway, so you might as well get an asset from him. Yeah, I don't know what the I don't know what the tampering rules are with that, or you know, they, I imagine at some point they'll have to change the rule and be like, "No, you, I own your rights forever." Kind of thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, I think if something like that were to happen, like because we haven't seen it happen before, we've seen guys like later rounds get drafted and not go anywhere and play their years at co- or like their full years in college and then come out and sign, but we haven't seen a guy that's number one overall pick like you got to think about it wasn't three of the top four picks from the university of michigan like there's there's a, three guys that it could do the exact same thing right there like when you really think about it and all make a million bucks or whatever and come out and sign wherever they want now like when you look at owen power he's was supposed to play at the world juniors he played the world championships last year. There's talk of him going to the Olympics this year. There's nothing stopping him from playing in these big tournaments like the world championships or anything in the coming years either. So 
you do have your well, options. What, what, what might happen is Hockey Canada might get pressure from NHLPA to say, stop bringing this kid until he signs, right? Like last year wasn't a, you know, last year wasn't a, wasn't an issue. It was a COVID year. Not, not well, he wasn't even long, drafted so. at that point though. For no, the- I know. And now, now he goes to the 11, but now if he, if he drags his feet out through this summer, you know, they might say like everyone expects him to sign at the end of this college season. Like yeah. he's supposed to be a one and done, right? If he doesn't sign, then, you know, it'll be interesting to see if Canada extends the world championship invite to him. Yeah. But it's just, I don't know. It was just something I was thinking about. Yeah, no, it's a good, uh, it's definitely good food for thought. I, you know, it's definitely, it could change, you know, it's the same thing with like, uh, you know, basketball players and, uh, football players that you know they they usually come out as soon as they they can but now if they can make money playing in college maybe they you know stick it out to try to improve their draft stock you know basketball and i think hockey is really the the weirdest one because hockey is the only one where they draft them that before college age i don't it's not not many of them are playing in college when i they don't get think so these days i don't know if they're they might be. They might be playing their like junior year. Depending on if you're a late birthday or something, yeah, you might you might be a first year. Yeah, but that's the thing about like the NHL draft, right? Like that's why a majority of their, I think a majority of these players are drafted out of the OHL and out of these leagues in Europe because they're playing more professional hockey. I would say, like when you look at the CHL, they're they have a lot of talent there and they're getting these guys groomed for NHL kind of lifestyle where in the States they're basically being drafted out of most of them are drafted out of like development programs. Like you notice like the U S development program has so many guys drafted. You don't see a lot of college. Yeah. You don't see a lot of college players technically being drafted. There's these guys out of the USHL might have committed to college but they're always hoping, like, well, if we take this guy, what's the chances we could sway him to to forego college or play one year of college and then um, come play with us, right? So, yeah, and now it's like it's a very interesting argument now because they're not necessarily leaving million do- millions of dollars on the table by not signing their rookie deal. You know, they can make potentially millions of dollars playing college hockey and then test free agency if they you know if they're not happy with who drafted them right so yeah very uh very interesting scenario i guess like you know i don't know what team somebody wouldn't want to go to but say say arizona because there's so much turmoil and you know they pick shane Wright next year shane Wright's going because he's got no no options, but if they took Owen Power, Owen, Owen Power's like, I'm not going to that fucking dumpster fire. Yeah. Now, it, it could work both ways, too, though. Like, it could make a lot of players commit to U.S. colleges now instead of playing in the OHL, right? Like, or the CHL, because they're like, okay, well, I could go down there. I can make money. Where, like, playing in the CHL, what do I get? I get $500 every two weeks, and I get my... I get some school paid for if I don't make it and I get room and board. Like the, the one thing that I think could be interesting with this whole thing. And I don't know the answer. I mean, maybe you guys do. Are they allowed to sign 
with an agent when they're in college. I didn't think they used to not be able to. I still think they're not allowed to, but I'm uh no, you can have a representative and sign with colleges because they can it can't it might not be an actual player agent, but you can have someone as a representative for you look for schools. So I guess they would have to look for their own endorsements then instead of the agents bringing the the nil deals unless they're working with an agent who's not making any money with the expectation that they get it you know later. Yeah, that could could quite it's possibly like, it's like when you like when you're a junior hockey player you have a you work with an agent he's not getting any money cuz you're not making any money. Yeah, see like there the agent's contract is always um when it with a junior athlete like and a guy in the CHL their contract is they do get some money like parents usually pay like a couple thousand dollars to ask this guy to represent you like nothing crazy and then when you sign a contract that's when their money kicks in so you can have an agent look for colleges for you and they basically represent you or at least help you get your foot in the door and you know send videos to these coaches and do the stuff that they need to do to get you a spot but technically it's they, like more like an advocate than, yeah uh... it it that's how most of the nhl agents get their start is they work with these younger kids that are going to colleges and uh ohl or chl whatever what have you and they use those guys to springboard their career into a an, an actual nhlpa agent they start with recruiting kids like you're not going to get the shane wrights and the connor bedards and those kind of guys but you're going to look for those guys that might be 15 16 years old and you know might get drafted in the third or fourth round of the ohl draft or the whl draft or look like they could be a collegiate player and use them as your stepping stone to get your first player in the NHL. And then as soon as you start getting a couple guys, that's how you kind of grow your agency, right? Yeah. Well, that's talking we'll, sports uh, agency. Yeah, we'll, have to, we'll have to watch how that, uh, how it works the next few years. Cause you, you make a, you make a good point. And, uh, for once, we could, we, we could see the the business of hockey change, and uh, it'll be very interesting to uh, to track that. Anything else? Into get into stuff. I think it's time for some stuff. All right. So, number one tennis player in the world, Novak Djokovic, uh, tweeted yesterday that he has received a medical exemption to play in the Australian Open, first major of the season. Um, Australia has a mandatory. Uh, vaccination policy there was a lot of players that were kind of commenting they were a little skeptical of the uh the medical exemption um as i think he's he he hasn't commented on his vaccination status they they think he's more of an anti-vaxxer um well today the uh the government of australia uh they what's the word they revoked they his him. visa they basically stopped yeah, they, him canceled yeah, his they visa. revoked his visa and stopped him at the at the airport and uh, now they've detained him in a quarantine hotel while he basically is getting removed from the uh, the country. Sounds like his his people are appealing the the decision, but the government seems to have uh, made a decision that his uh, 
his medical exemption doesn't necessarily meet the required medical uh, medical needs. But apparently the tournament said that they had two individual panels um, review his case and they accepted it, but the government won't. So very, uh, very interesting story there with, uh, with Novak. Yeah, Australia's really strict with their uh, restrictions and everything and everyone coming into their country. They're worse than Canada. Way like- worse. They get like three cases in a city and the city's locked down. So, yeah, and you can't you can't fly in Australia without being fully vaccinated. Yep. Yeah, but they've also had the fewest or some of the fewest. Um, they've had the least amount had, of deaths. deaths. Yep. Yeah. And I think they want to keep it that way is by the way they talk, yeah. the way they're talking. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna dunk it. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna dunk it. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna dunk it. The Raptors, eight and two in their last ten home games. They're on a bit of a run right now. They're two and zero in their last two home games in front of an empty crowd. Um, they're playing tonight. I didn't see what they the won. score was. They won they again won. tonight. That was on the road. No Giannis for the Bucks. Uh, they're rolling a little bit right now. They are now back above 500, 18 and 17 on the season. Uh, they're in ninth place in the Eastern Conference. So they, uh, they, they're not out of it by any stretch. They're getting healthy again after uh, their COVID scare. So uh, go Raps. That's talking basketball. That's right. Ken Rosenthal, um, MLB reporter, was fired uh, by the MLB Network, uh, apparently for comments he made opposing MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred and some of the decisions he was making. Um, So the comments apparently were made in the summer of 2020. Uh, I'm guessing this was before they resumed play or leading up to resuming play or somewhere in there. He apparently was suspended from MLB Network for like three weeks, or he didn't appear on TV for three weeks after uh, after the initial incident, and now he's been uh, been terminated. Uh, Ken Rosenthal, who is one of the best baseball beat reporters there are, he's definitely going to land on his feet. He's going to find a job, whether it's Fox or ESPN or Athletic or you know wherever he goes. He's already you know he's he is one of the best. He's not going to you know, lose his sources because he's left the MLB network. So I, I just can't believe he got canned for basically doing his job <laughs> publicly canned. Yeah. Publicly canned. And because it's, it'd be the same. Like if somebody say like Ian Rappaport were to say something about Roger Goodell, he'd probably get fucking canned too. You know, it's just these, you know, sensitive commissioners that um, you know, can't take the backlash from the, their own media that they have, I guess they deal with it enough from the regular media that they don't want to deal with it from their own media. Like, yeah, I guess get the fuck out of here. Like, you know, you, you know what your job is. Like you're, you're there to take a fucking public beating on behalf of the owner so that they don't take a public beating. Like, yeah. That's, that's your job. It was like Roger Goodell when he came on the Manning cast, I was like, they're like, do you want us to boo you? Does that make you feel <laughs> more comfortable? Like, and then they had like a boo soundtrack go off. So it was kind of it was like, he gets it like Gary Bettman gets it like they're just going to go up there and they're going to get booed and if they don't get booed loud enough it's like uh what's going on like you might as well Goodell like Goodell brings it on like yeah. he's raising the roof for yeah. the, the funniest part of the Manning cast though was uh 
he was a football player and they asked him if he ever got fined for uh for any uh dirty plays or anything like that he's like you know i was a clean you know i was a clean player (laughs) (laughs) uh anyways ken rosenthal fired gonna miss his uh bow ties yeah kenny's bow ties you'll still see them Maybe Eventually. they'll come work for Rogers and join the Blue Jays. Uh, <laughs> I doubt that. Uh, World Juniors were canceled. Team USA started uh, with a couple COVID cases, and it seems like it spread a little bit in the bubble, and they said, fuck it, we out. Uh, I think they were taking a lot of criticism over running the men's tournament and canceling the, the women's under 18. Uh, so I think that probably played a factor in the decision. And as soon as they started getting the cases, they're probably like, well, we should probably cancel this one too. So that we're showing, oh yeah, there was cases there. We canceled There's cases here. We canceled. So, um, sucks for all those players, especially like they all missed Christmas with their families. They were in quarantine. They're in the bubble. They started playing hockey and then they're like three days in the tournament and it's fucking canceled. Yeah. Yeah. Like sucks for all those kids that like. You know, especially the ones that don't have another chance. Like they grew up, this was their their dream: represent their country. You know, win a gold medal. You know, that's just that sucks. Like, did you guys hear about the Russian team? I was just gonna bring that up. Oh, yeah, go ahead, kudo. <laughs> so the Russian team basically, as soon as the tournament was over, they were like, "Fuck this shit! Zero fucks are given." So they went to the airport, hopped on the plane, decided to not wear their masks, and start smoking cigarettes in the back. And I guess they were trying to drink too, as well, or something. Yeah. And obviously, like the flight te- flight attendants were all telling them, like, you, you got to put a mask on. There's no smoking here. And they were like, no, nah, fuck you. And we're, they just kept being fucking like shitheads in the back of the uh, the plane. And then basically, they had to bring the cops on and like take them off the the plane. They had to so take was it a sun Was it a Sunwing flight to Cancun? <laughs> no, that, <laughs> no that was just a bunch of Quebecers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, so yeah, so that sucks. TFC made a major splash in soccer world. They signed uh I don't even know his name, Insigni. Lorenzo Insignia. Insignia. Yeah, Jones should know Insignia. this being Italian though. Yeah. All the Italians Viva that cheer for uh, Toronto are loving this pickup. The TFC, we love uh, the little Italian players. Man, they were saying that this signing might like because he's not like an old like you know, they they're talking about like Messi might come and when he's about ready to retire, play for uh, David Beckham's, Beckham's team, which is I think is Inter Miami, if I'm not mistaken, and yeah. um, maybe Ronaldo coming over here when his career's basically on the down slope because that's the players that they they typically get at this point, right? Like they're attracting the players that are on the down slope of their career. Yep, and TFC going out and like. They threw they, they threw like when you look at it, large money at this guy. Like, pretty sure it works out to be sixteen million dollars Canadian a year, because he's getting paid eleven and a half euros is what the contract was, and it sounds like they're not even done wanting to throw money at European soccer players. Like, there there's talk of them trying to sign another forward from Italy. They're trying to sign a couple defenders. I don't know how many of these players they can sign because they do have a rule in MLS about having... I think they can only have three imports on the team or maybe four imports. And they already have four. So they've already said they have to get rid of one of them to to make room for Insigne. Well, uh, Josie Altidore is gone. They already said that he was gone. And they're going to be getting rid of one more guy they were talking about. Yeah, they got Pazuelo. And uh, I don't know who the other one is. Yeah, so... 
but to see like a MLS team actually be able to go out and sign one of these European players is good for I think European or MLS soccer. It also like it doesn't hurt that they're they're go like for him he's coming to a city that has a large Italian population, right? And they have mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that's not obviously going to be like back home, but it's stuff that he's used to. And I think a lot of these cities are going to start being able to attract some players from countries like that, that are not so much at the tail end of their career, but have also played a fair amount of soccer in their, in the countries that they wanted to play. in. I think, yeah, well, and Insigne played for Napoli and apparently he's from Naples or Napoli. He's, yeah, he's from Naples. Like he's he's a local local guy, so he's leaving like everything he's ever known. Like that's his home. Yeah, to come here. He signed. He didn't sign a short deal. He's signed till like twenty twenty seven. So he, it's like by the time he gets here, it'll be like a five and a half year deal. Yeah. So like TFC, like they're talking like TFC's plan is they you know they brought in a big name coach like a high profile coach and um, what's his name's dad Michael um, Brand- Bradley 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 yeah, yeah. Bradley's dad. And then when they got Bradley to sign as a as an American player instead of an import player, that was huge for them because it could it freed up the extra import spots. Yeah, but they're you know they're talking that they the plan for this is like with having this signing is they got to be thinking that they're going to win you know multiple titles and they're going to be able to compete for the Concacaf uh, Champions uh, Champions League. Yeah, and no MLS MLS team has won the Champions League yet, so. That's that's probably the goal is, you know, Champions League. Well, I think that's what happens when you have owners like MLSE does, right? Like they're they're not afraid to throw around their money. Like you look at it, he's making sixteen million dollars a year. They're paying Pascal Siakam thirty five million dollars a year. They're paying Marners, Matthews, Nylander, Tavares, whatever, forty four million dollars between the four of them or whatever it is. Like they're they're not afraid to give them give out money if it's going to bring butts in their seats. Yeah, plus it brings content, and you yeah. know, the, especially if they're pushing for like the extra channels and screening pl- streaming platforms. Like, you need to have you know enough content to to give those right. So, well, you know, bringing these guys in is going to return. Just, just think about how many TFC jerseys they probably sold in the last week, knowing that this guy's coming and. All these guys, like to say that there's not until, a until he picks a number, I'm sure he hasn't, they yeah, hasn't sold any, but like you know what I mean? Like, there's people that are going to be lining up to buy this guy's jersey because there is a large Italian community that goes to these games already because it's something and they're probably already bitter that uh Javinko left, pretty uh, much. Yeah, they, like... you know, they, they were waiting <laughs> for the next one, right? Because they, they signed Pazuelo, I think he's Chilean, something like that, yeah. And he was the replacement. You know, Altidore's American, I think, but he was playing on an import. Yeah. And then uh, I don't know who the other, I don't remember who the other one is. But but yeah, so like, I just think that it's not only, it's smart business, right? Like for them. Oh, for sure. They're spending the yeah, money. When, when, but they're going to. When you're in the content creation business, yeah. you know, and you have, you spend the money, you're going to get it back. You know, they, they own the, the, tel- the television rights, so. You know they're gonna they're gonna be broadcasting the games, so you know you want it to be something that people are gonna tune in and, and view, right? So, yeah. 
and they probably see the uptick in like the even the casual fan watching the the Olymp or the World Cup qualifiers, and then they probably saw the uptick when they were in the championships because there's probably a lot of the the casual fan base. I'm I'm in that. I watched the the semifinals and the finals, but I wouldn't sit and watch a regular season game. So they're probably just trying to find a way to capture the up and coming fans. So yeah, they're they're definitely trying to grow their the game more. I have never been to a TFC game, but I've heard that they are actually pretty enjoyable. Um, at least when the team was winning. Yeah, it's a it's a good crowd experience. They do the skull clap at the end. They yep. you know they're on their feet. They're dancing. It's they're quite the chanting. Like I think I think I will if you know we're ever allowed to go back and watch sporting events in Ontario. I would attempt to try and get down to a soccer game this year. Um, you gonna wear a bubble suit? No. <laughs> just just seven masks that's all i don't know maybe even broadcast a podcast live from a tfc game never know it'll be loud that's okay i got headphones uh, you, well how about you just focus on uh maybe doing some some live hits for our instagram page or something you want some sideline reporting i could get try and get down on the sidelines yeah we could probably get you a media pass for a pretty big hit oh, that that would work you know alabama georgia Rematch the SEC championship game goes next Monday on Monday Night Football National Championship. Alabama dusted off Cincinnati since I was overmatched from the get go. I was a little surprised actually. They 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 went and scored. I think it was a field goal their first drive. They seemed like they weren't intimidated, but you know Alabama just put them in the wood chipper after that. And then Georgia showed who Michigan really was and just fucking. Put the fucking beat down on that fucking bunch of frauds. They they were on my fraud list a long time. As soon as they beat Ohio State, I was waiting for the real fucking Michigan to show up. I, that was. They, they, I feel like they're beating. They're beating Michigan was probably the biggest fluke of the season because I was just, or them beating Ohio State was the, the biggest fluke of the season, especially when they lost to Michigan State. Oh yeah, well, that, and they blew that game against Michigan State. They should have won that game. Yeah, they they let Michigan State beat them. But then they even they beat Ohio, Iowa to uh, to win the Big Ten. I was just waiting for the collapse. I, it was either going to come that game or definitely in the national championship game they were going to lay an egg. So I'm glad it wasn't in the national championship game. To be honest, I kind of would like to see a decent national championship game, which I think we're going to get with these two teams. Yeah, I, I, and especially they played each other, so they have scouting. They know what to do. They you know they know how to adjust. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. What do you think uh, Cincinnati getting basically walked all over does to the selection committee in the next, like the next year? Like, do you think that puts a little seed of doubt in their mind for taking these like smaller conference schools? This year was a funny year because there was nobody, everybody had two losses, right? Yeah. And, and they were, and since he was undefeated, so there was no real, there was nobody to put in over them, right? Yeah. So they made the right decision this year. It just tells me it's very clear. They definitely need to have expanded playoffs, whether it's eight teams or 12 teams. You know, I, I don't really care, but you have this whole bowl season. Let's use it. Let's get some proper games and let's get a, you know, get, get a play down to the national championship. I think that's, that's what's needed. Yeah. I think like, I don't understand why you wouldn't do playoffs because you look at some of these bowl games and you have these teams that are just like, yeah, I don't feel like playing, so I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm declaring for the draft, so I'm not going to play and 
their team just takes a massive hit and they're like, well, why are you even on TV watching this? Like, why are you watching this bowl game? Because their star players aren't playing kind of thing, right? Like, it's just and, and you can't fault the kids either. Oh, exactly. Like they're gonna get a big payday. They're gonna be a top first round pick, and they're not gonna go out there in a nothing game and risk blowing me. It's essentially an exhibition except game at for, the end of the season for them. Except you know, for the, what's the school his... gets money. The school gets bowl money, yeah. but like, but who was that? Uh, fuck. Oh shit. Who was that quarterback? Matt. Matt. Coral. Cor... Oh yeah, Matt Coral, Ole Miss. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was going to he's supposed to be drafted high, I think, and he went out and played for his school and got hurt. Yeah. So like what does that do to his draft stock? Like I completely get that, but then in the same sense, I'm like, good on you for going out there and kind of finishing what you started with your teammates too, right? Mm-hmm. And that they were I feel like their bowl was a little bit they were it, like they were two top ten teams in that bowl. You know, I feel like some of them are some of them are more worth playing than, you know, you get because anybody that wins five games qualifies for a bowl, I think, right? Yeah, it's something stupid. Yeah, so if you get, you know, the two seven and seven teams playing for a bowl. For playing like, the, for the Duke's know, mayonnaise bowl. Yeah. Yeah, where your coach gets fucking mayonnaise, you know, a, a mayonnaise shower after the fucking win. Like, what are, you, what are you playing for here? I could see Kudo liking a mayonnaise shower. Nope. I couldn't do it. <laughs> Grosses me out to think about. It. I'm not. I'm. I like mayonnaise on a sandwich, but you know, I I don't want that shit touching me. No. Anywhere. Like, ugh, almost threw up. I feel like we should. Speaking of almost throwing up, Jones, uh, why don't you give us the last story here in the in the stuff? Oh yes, yes. Let's let's talk about Miss Farty Pants. <laughs> um, just want to know how much would you guys pay if I. Uh, Fart in a jar and send it to you guys. Like how much? How much you looking to give me for that jar? I charge you with assault. I'd give you five to ten. <laughs> what about you, Kudo? I throw it back at you and tell you to fuck off. So uh, I'm sure you've all heard the story by now, but there is I forget even who she is. She's some like some star or something on one of those TV shows. She was selling her farts in a yeah, so she was selling her farts in a glass jar. She was basically farting in a jar, and people were paying her. She was making like fifty grand a week selling her farts. And <laughs> Fucking ridiculous! Got people were paying for the jars of her fart, and they, she was videotaping herself farting in the jar so that the people could see that she farted in the jar, and. Uh, she later ended up in the hospital with what she thought was she was thinking, well, am I having a heart attack or what am I what's going on here? Am I having a stroke? And she was in the hospital for severe gas pain because she was drinking three protein shakes a day and eating bean black bean soup so that she could oh. obviously <laughs> fart. <laughs> disgusting <laughs> so like so, so this girl is her name's steph she was on 90 day fiance there we go that's what she was on never i've never watched the show i have no idea what it is she look she's cute she's not and i don't like she's spectacular from looking at these but she's she's cute yeah but she was making like 200 grand 50 grand a week or something like that selling these so now she did parts. say she was donating some of the money to to her hospital bills no to charities but yes she was farting in jars so 
we've got that going for us. Jar farts. So I think I'm sick of paying money for that. I don't know, it's but I might dollars per jar. I might explore the internet to see if anyone's going to pay for my farts. To be honest with you, <laughs> if you're telling me I can make two hundred grand in a month, you don't have the assets, Jones. No, I know. I, I could make the food for someone to fart in the jar. I guess. True. Give me an all dressed pizza, and I'll fart in jars for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you need, eh? Just one all dressed pizza. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for stuff. Well, I had a question for you. Okay. What? was with all this WWE day one stuff I was seeing all over the internet. And Kudo, did you see the thing about Johnny Knoxville? What's that all about? Yes, I did. That Those are my two WWE questions because I feel like so you haven't talked WWE about WWE day one was a pay-per-view. Yep. And they ran it on January 1st. So it was day one of the new year. Gotcha. Yep. Um, so the pay-per-view was called day one. It aired on January the 1st. I haven't watched it yet. Uh, no spoilers, Kudo. I'm a little <laughs> bit behind on my WWE right now. All right, well, I can't tell you anything about that then, but uh, do you want to know about Johnny Knoxville then? Because that might spoil it. Oh, if it's going to... You can tell him about Johnny Knoxville. Well, with Johnny Knoxville, he's looking to enter the Royal Rumble. He's my winner right now. Can I pick him? He's looking to... Yeah, he he wants to win it all, and hopefully he does some jackass shit while he's doing this match. Well, Jackass is coming out soon, I think, the movie, so that's probably why he's on Speaking of Jackass, the movie, whatever happened to Bam Margera? I didn't see him in any of the... He violated... He got got fired for... um, He violated some of the... his contract because he was doing drugs on set. Oh, okay. There we go. You guys are answering all my questions. Well, we're running pretty long. Do we want to skip the grill, or do you have anything planned for us, Jones? I, I just have, like, two quick ones, I think. All right, let's get into it. We should get into the grill because we got into fucking farty pants over there. <laughs> <laughs> grill it up. It's the grill. It's the grill. All right. First one. Football season coming to an end. Who do you guys think should win the coach of the year because I might throw down a little bit of coin on, on some, some coaches here. There's uh well, there's four, there's four candidates in my opinion. Okay. Well, I want to hear who your four candidates are and then I'll tell you what their odds are. It's between Belichick. Yeah. Uh, Matt LaFleur. Yep. Cliff Kingsbury. Okay. And Mike Brable. Okay. So LaFleur 150 plus 150 Vrabel plus 350 Belichick plus 2,000. Wow. Cliff Kingsbury plus 4,000. They have Zach Taylor at plus 150. Yeah, he's a good one too, I guess. They brought the Bengals out of nowhere. Yeah, so I'm, I'm wondering who do you guys think should win the coach of the year? Might be give me a little insight on, you know, a, a future. I think it should be Vrabel. That I might throw out there. Titans are, Titans are the number one seed in the AFC. They've had... More injuries than any team in the league. They've rostered more players than anybody in league history. Your top, they had injuries to you know their receivers all season long. Top player on the team, leading rusher in the league at the time, went down in week eight, and you're still going to win the still win the conference. I think Vrabel should got to be the coach of the year. I'm not going to lie, I was going to put money on Mike Vrabel, so I, I don't hate your your rationale there. Kudo, you got anything else to add, or are you, you good with what Hosk said? Yeah, I'm going to go with Lafleur because he got a French last name. <laughs> it seems you, like. you mean Guy Lafleur? 
Yeah, yeah, Guy Lafleur. <laughs> he's he's going to quit the Packers and take the GM job with the Canadians yeah, right yeah, after yeah. this season. There we go. Yeah, well, I think he's doing a good job considering he's got to deal with Aaron Rodgers. He was a jerk, apparently. Yeah, jerky pants. Yeah. Next one, offensive rookie of the year. And I think, for me, I think I'm going to actually lay money on the guy who is the underdog at this point in time. But they have it down to two players, Jamar Chase or Mac Jones. Waddle's not in there? Nope. There's two players on Bet365 that they've got. Here, Jamar Chase minus two fifty, Mac Jones plus two hundred. I would put it on Jamar Chase. I think he's yeah. had a better season. I think Waddle's going to set a rookie receiving record. I think Jamar Chase, his numbers right now are a lot of recency biased. Um, a lot to do with like the last game, last two games he's had, but he's had some absolute stinkers in there as well. So that's why I might put some money Mac, on Mac Jones. I don't think. He's been consistent. He's been okay, but I think the defense is winning more games for them than than he is. I don't think he's blowing away teams, making these game win. How many game winning drives has Mac Jones put together this year? I don't know. I don't have those stats in front of me. Uh, I was just a hypothetical. Like, do do we know? Like, do you remember him leading the Patriots on a game winning drive anywhere? I don't. I don't. I can't say I watch a lot of Patriots games. Yeah, but I watch a lot of highlights. You you get them at the end. I watch a lot of red zone. Like I don't, yeah. I guess I get close games, like close game alerts. Like I don't recall. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just gonna see if I can look up. Like Jamar Chase has had two sixty six, one twenty five, two hundred, one fifty nine, hundred and one. But then he's been in like the low fifties for the rest of his games, right? So like I think those big numbers really jump out at people, and then. That would be why he's kind of yeah. I mean, he's still a thousand yard receiver. Well, I'm not saying I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm just saying a lot of big numbers are jumping out at him, and I I just think they view quarterbacks a little more than receivers in my eyes. Which Jalen Waddle is going to be the uh, he's going to set the rookie receiving record, and he's not even on this list. And he's going to be basically the first one to take down a significant record. In the in the seventeen game season, yeah, because he was he was three uh, he would have been three receptions short if uh, where the season should end or would have ended. Yeah, and then my last question for you guys: Dave Tibbet, coach of the Oilers, should he be worried about his job? Not yet. Yeah, I was gonna say not yet because it's pretty early. They've only lost what four or five in a row now. They've been on a slump for sure, but he's not. They're not. I don't. The, the, they got to go off the cliff before you make that coaching change this season. I think it's too late in the year. Uh, well, maybe not, but you know, I would think that he's going to be safe for this season. Yeah, they can bounce back. And their slump is mostly because that uh, Saddle and Dave, McDavid are a bit of a slump. Obviously, when you have your two stars on a slump, your team's going to be on a slump. Well, they were first in the Pacific. They're now fourth. They did have the most points per game. They're now... Not have they? Uh, it's it's a roster issue more than it's a coaching issue. Yeah, they're like fifteenth in the league, or two six and two in their last ten. They should still make the playoffs. They got to get better goaltending though. And that's all I got for you. That's it. It's all quick, easy, sweet. Thanks, Jones. No problem, Kudo. Anytime. Well, anything else to say? All right. Well, let's go home. Thanks everyone for joining us for our 80th first episode. We really appreciate all the support. 
please give us a follow on Instagram at Into Sports and Stuff. And follow us on Twitter at Into Sports Stuff and look for Hosk's Play of the Day and Jones' Daily Rare Stakes. Feel free to email us at IntoSportsAndStuff at gmail.com and send us your personal picks of the week and let us know any topics you want us to talk about on the show. Check out Public and MeUndies in the show notes. And don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice. We'll see you next week and we'll get into sports and stuff. Hey, AB, how about you keep your fucking clothes on and hit the music? Bye.